Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. I'd like to thank you for joining us. We're in the middle of a very important series entitled Transformative Parenting. And what's that? It's really how to spiritually form your children so that their faith not only survives, but can thrive in the midst of our darkening culture. And at the heart of transformative parenting is your child's heart, bringing your child to have a personal relationship with God. And that's what's needed for the faith to survive and thrive in our culture. You know, there is a crisis of faith, and it's not just, quote, out there in the wider non-Christian culture. Right within our own circles, as far as those who are raised in the church, those who are in the church, today, only 30% of Americans who were raised as Catholics are still practicing. That's a 70% loss. The Pew Religion Research Study found that mass attendance amongst those who describe themselves as strong Catholics has fallen more than 30 percent between 1974 and 2012. The Barna Research Group found that 60 percent of 20-somethings who were actively involved in church during their teen years are no longer spiritually active during their early adulthood. And and these are just tips of the iceberg of the crisis facing the church today. Last time, I shared with you two non-solutions to the crisis. In other words, things that parents and perhaps parishes might use to try to counter the crisis. The first non-solution to the crisis I mentioned was enforcing outward conformity as a child matures. Now, I did insist that parents should insist in outward conformity, obedience from their children while they're young, but as a child matures, there has to be that transformative parenting that works towards a heart transformation of their children because without the heart touched, you really aren't touching the person. The second non-solution, and this is a widespread non-solution, is relying on what I call intellectual classroom type of religious information, hoping that just loads of or adequate amounts of religious information will keep a child Catholic through his or her teens or 20s. And That's really not working in our day, and one of the reasons it's not working is that I shared last time is that the mind is not the primary organ of spiritual perception. It's the heart. And in the words, the world of the Bible, the word to know, to know someone, uh, didn't means just some kind of abstract knowledge that somebody existed at some certain point in history and did certain things. No, in the Bible world, to know means an intimate, personal relationship with someone. It's the kind of knowledge that husbands and wives share with each other within the covenant of marriage. So, to know someone is a personal relationship. It's sharing of 
life and trust. And so what I call classroom type of abstract religious information uh, about God is not going to keep a child Catholic in today's culture. It may have worked in other days. It is not going to work today. No abstract notions about God are going to keep you Catholic. In fact, in the epistle of James, we're told that the demons are monotheists, and we learn from the Gospels that the demons know that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Okay, so so what? We have to have knowledge of God that exceeds this bare abstract notion or remote knowledge. And we're not relying on intellectual accumulation of spiritual facts to keep a child vibrantly Catholic in today's world. You know, so many parents have asked themselves, and perhaps are asking themselves at this very moment, why is my Catholic schooled child going morally bonkers in the latter teens and 20s? Or why is my child who I took to CCD for religious instruction every week seeming to depart from the Catholic faith and going morally bonkers in late teens or 20s? Or, and this is happening, why is my Catholic homeschooled child, whom I sacrificed for for years, now seeming to walk away from the faith that I worked years to try to instill? Well, here's the answer, straight from the Gospels. Mark chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus speaking, For from within, out of the heart of man, Come evil thoughts, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from within. They defile a man. So Jesus is saying the problem is not located in the head as the ultimate origin of all this immoral behavior that we're concerned about our children not adopting. He's saying, no, it comes from the heart. The heart determines beliefs, morals, behavior, speech, spiritual insight, and spiritual perception. And if the heart is not transformed, hear this, mom and dad, if a heart is not transformed, abstract knowledge in the head will not keep a child Catholic in today's world. It's not going to work. It's not working by the tens of millions of young Catholic adults right now And if you have a child that you're seeking to have become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, then something more than abstract religious knowledge is going to need to take root deep within their hearts to have this type of transformation. That's why we're calling this transformative parenting. You're seeking to see this heart transformation in the heart of a child. So what's the solution? Well, you need to know where to put your focus. And the focus for priests, for parents, for catechists, for scout leaders, for coaches, for Catholic school teachers, for homeschool moms, what's the focus? The transformation of a child's heart. You need to know what you're about. And that doesn't mean there's not intellectual formation. If anybody doubts that I don't believe in intellectual formation, I dare you to move my library within 12 hours. I don't think you could do it. I love the intellectual formation of the mind, but for keeping a young person a faithful disciple in today's world, 
the bare intellect without touching the heart is not going to be adequate. So we all need to work. All of those assisting parents and parents themselves are going to work for this transformation of a child's heart. Please listen. This is one sentence, but please listen to Pope Benedict XVI as he spoke with young people and seminarians. Now, probably the seminarians are are busy at work right now in their classes and such, but of all the many things uh, a seminarian has to worry about in getting ready for the priesthood, this one sentence summarizes what Pope Benedict XVI says, and I quote, What matters most is that you develop your personal relationship with God. Oh, you know, there's a lot of things to worry about, homiletics and Latin and Hebrew and philosophy and church history and dogmatics and moral theology and canon law. What matters most? It's not those other things are unimportant. They are important. Add church history and a whole host of other topics. But what matters most, quote, is that you develop your personal relationship with God, unquote. So if you're a Catholic parent, what matters most is that you, parent, develop your relationship with God. What matters most is your goal for your students. If you're a school teacher, a catechist, a homeschool mom or dad, is that you and your children develop your personal relationships with God. Here's Pope Benedict XVI again. This was in 2008. Listen, quote, Christianity is not a new philosophy. We are only Christians if we encounter Christ. Only in this personal relationship with Christ, only in this encounter with the risen one, do we truly become Christians. Some people might say, no, wait, that that sounds a little bit like... um, Billy or Franklin Graham or or some Protestant evangelist, and isn't this something creeping in from your evangelical background? Well, evangelicals do have a lot to say about a personal relationship with Christ, but so do the popes. Are we going to listen to them? Because this is what will anchor a child in Christ in today's world. Here's another important quote from Bishop Michael Sheridan, who's the Bishop of Colorado Springs. Quote, evangelization is not simply about the spread of a message. In other words, it's not about religious information, but above all, the encounter with a person, the risen Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus isn't a fact in an encyclopedia. I mean, he is that, but that's not what we talk about in evangelization or catechesis. We're talking about meeting, encountering a person. He goes on, Bishop Sheridan, above all, evangelization makes it possible to have a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship that gives new dimensions of meaning to our lives and demands from us a change of heart, a change in the way we live. So the very heart of what we're trying to do in passing on the faith is transforming the heart. But at the root of the crisis within 
Catholic circles, and I'm talking about like those statistics that only 30% of those American Catholics who were raised in the church are still practicing, the 70% dropout rate, that's a crisis. So at the root of that crisis is a serious breakdown in our contemporary Catholic delivery system of a personal relationship with Christ. You fix that delivery system, and believe me, it is fixable. There is hope, and no one, as far as my understanding, is more enthusiastic and encouraged and hopeful for this change than God himself. This is what he wants with your children and with you. But the delivery system of passing on the knowledge and how to obtain a personal relationship with Christ is so serious that the Pew Religion Research Survey found that, hold on to your seat, 60% of young Catholics ages about 18 to 29, that's the problem age group, the big problem age group, 60% of young Catholic adults are uncertain that it that it's even possible to have a personal relationship with God. The majority of young Catholics are uncertain that it's even possible to have a personal relationship with Christ. And you want to see something very interesting in a Pew Research? You look both in the Protestant world and within the Protestant world, the evangelical world, and the Catholic world, And you look at the percentages of those who say, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and the surprising thing is that their Sunday church attendance almost seems to parallel that. And so when we're having a 70% dropout rate of those practicing the faith, and 60% of our young Catholic adults, this is where the dropouts really start increasing, don't even know if it's possible to have a personal relationship with Christ, and that seems to determine religious participation, that is where the change has to take place. Recently, Father Dwight Longenecker recommended a book entitled Forming Intentional Disciples, The Path to Knowing and Following Jesus, an interesting book by Sherry Waddell. She describes a situation where a priest of a large parish asked her to interview uh, the leader of a very large women's ministry within his parish. And for some reason, she wasn't quite getting the right signals uh, from this woman. So she just asked her, "Could, could you briefly describe your relation with God? The woman thought for a few moments and she responded, I don't have a relationship with God. Ouch. You you see, you can't pass one on if you don't have one. If those who are leading, those who are studying, prepare for ministry, don't have this, they've missed the most important thing, according to Pope Benedict XVI. You're probably aware, you should be aware, because the Catholic Hispanics could be the bright future of the Catholic Church. But as you know, hordes of Hispanic Catholics leave the church for evangelical churches. 
And do you know what 90% of the Catholic Hispanics who have left the church for the evangelical churches, do you know what they say why they left? Quote, they were seeking a more direct personal relationship with God. 90%, that's what they said they were seeking. Now, in her theology, I've been both an evangelical for 20 years, including being an evangelical pastor. So I'm pretty familiar, been through an evangelical, a fine evangelical seminary. I know the evangelical world, and I've been a Catholic for 23 years. And I can tell you, without blinking, I'll look you right in the eye, the Catholic Church has the Cadillac theology of a personal relationship with God. What it's lacking today is the delivery system of that, and as a result, 90% of the Catholic Hispanics who are leaving the church, that's what they're not getting. It's not delivered to them. That's why leaders in our parishes are trying to lead people spiritually and don't have what Pope Benedict XVI said, this is the most important thing to have. This is the thing that 60% of young Catholic adults, the demographic where it's just the dropout rate is horrendous, they're uncertain if it's even possible to have such a thing as a personal relationship with God. So, things have to change. And I've identified two, what I call two golden keys to passing on this living faith and personal relationship with Christ. I'm only going to share with you this week the first of those two golden keys. And it should be obvious, should be logical, and actually I've already referred to it, and it's exactly what Pope Benedict XVI said to the seminarians, in in other words, teachers, priests, catechists, homeschool mom and dads, uh, parents must have within themselves a deep personal relationship with Christ before they can even begin to pass one on. You have to have what you want to share. And in fact, In my experience, this isn't all passed with words. It's it's if you have this living personal relation with Christ, your kids will catch it. Yes, you teach it. Yes, you talk about it. Yes, you demonstrate it, but they also just catch it. But you have to have it for them to catch it. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth in two thousand nine, here's what he said. Uh, to priests. And he says, what I wrote in the encyclical, God is love, also applies to priests. Being a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but an encounter with a person which gives life a whole new horizon and a decisive direction. You see, This is what's needed, and I'm not just singling out priests. The Pope happened to say that to priests, but everyone conveying the the faith, especially priests, especially parents, especially catechists and youth leaders, you must have that goal, that primary goal of passing on that spiritual formation of your children, which involves that personal encounter with Christ— But the first golden key for being a part of this process, to assist in the process so your children have this, is having that personal relationship 
with Christ. And that's the essential thing. That's the golden key. There's, in a certain sense, um, a lot of attention paid to want to accumulate uh, doctrinal information. And don't get me wrong, I, I spend a horrendous amount of money on books to study doctrinal information. I love apologetics. I love studying the church fathers. I read on almost every Catholic topic imaginable, but there's something also in addition to that, and that's coming to know Jesus as a person, to have what the Pope called that personal encounter with him. And then it's not to live on that for one, two, three, four, five decades, you know, after that, but it's weekly and monthly and daily renewing and continuing and deepening that relationship. And as you do that, you become a potent vessel to convey the faith that God wants to see conveyed. Now, I know there's probably some people listening who would say, Steve, I care so much for my children, and I realize the spiritual dangers out there. Uh, I am as concerned as a parent could be concerned about them. And I'm faithful to the church. I'm adhering to the faith. But when you start talking about having this personal relationship with Jesus, I'm a little unsure of what you're talking about. And quite honestly, I think I may have a doubt as far as that that part of my relationship with Christ has really not been awakened yet. So what do I do? Well, the first thing is to root your desire and your prayer deeply in God's truth. And the best place, and I kind of scoured the Bible for this, the best place that I found is in the book of Jeremiah where God is speaking in chapter 31 And in two verses, he summarizes everything that's going to happen in the New Covenant, including our life in the church, our Catholic family life. Everything is summarized by a promise in these two verses where God says, this is the covenant, talking about the New Covenant, what we find in the New Testament. I will make after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them. In other words, there's going to be an internal dimension to this, not simply kind of an out there religion, but one's going to come into our hearts. He says, I will write it upon their hearts. And then he says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now you say, well, what does that mean? This is actually biblical language for a covenant relationship. You already know what one covenant relationship is. It's called marriage, where two become one in the most profound relationship on earth with another human being. And God uses the same covenant language. He says, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. In other words, this is at the heart of what the entire New Testament is all about. This is what God promises to do once he sends Jesus with his first coming. This is what's going on right now. So this is not some little promise off to the side somewhere, a little doctrine off here. This is at the very heart of what God is doing in the whole period in which we're alive. 
And then the next verse, verse 34 of Jeremiah 31 says, And no longer shall each man teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. In other words, from uh, poor people to rich people to PhDs and people who have no education, from children to adults, there's a knowledge of God. Remember, to know in the Bible isn't to simply have a certain religious fact in your brain, but it's to have a personal relationship with God. This is your promise, okay? You pray based on a promise. You don't just pray out of a wish or a projection on God. This is what God promises to do. And knowing God is at the heart of a covenant relationship. He desires this and wants this. So then, based on this promise, we come to God. In the book of John, Gospel of John 16 and verse 23, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, listening right now, if you ask anything of the Father, he will give it to you in my name. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be filled. Now, some people slightly deluded think this is a promise to pray for a Mercedes and things like this. I think TV preachers saying this kind of stuff must be on LSD or something. But ask God right now, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, based on your covenant promise, I ask you to be my God, that I might be your man, your woman, your child, and I might come to know you in the deepest, most profound way possible. And particularly for parents, Lord, we pray that you would bestow on them the grace of a deep personal relationship with Christ so that they may have the key to their child's heart. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. That's it for this week, but I do want you to join me next week because I'll be sharing with you the second of the two golden keys for passing on a living faith relationship with Christ. And I'm going to be recommending some very big changes in sacramental preparation. So join us. Until next time, this is Steve Wood with Faith and Family. You can find us on the web at familylifecenter.net. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.familylifecenter.net.